In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. We also offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. As spring makes its way into summer, stay cool in a short-sleeve, moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tecovis's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. If you hunt enough, you learn the truth. What you seek speaks a language and knows it well. That's why every Primo's call for everything you hunt is made the right way. We sweat every detail so you get more out of every hunt. And nothing leaves our hand until we know it'll work in yours. Because we don't just make the world's best calls. We speak the language. Primo's. What's going on, Facebook Live, YouTube? How we doing tonight? Hi, Brian. Hi, Jay. How you doing, buddy? Let's go. Fired up. We got Crankbait Johnny in the house tonight. But uh, first, we'd like to send a special thanks. Wait, wait. Before we go there, click that share button down in the lower left-hand corner. Let's get some folks up in the house. Drop in the comments where you're tuning in from, what boat you're floating out of, what you're excited for for the fishing season. Let's talk about it. Uh, Got to send a huge shout out to the good folks at Pelican Cases and Coolers, sponsor of the show, sponsor of the trail series, the open coming up. We got some prizes to give away for them from them for you guys down at the open. And the Clash of Clubs. If you guys aren't signed up yet, sign up by tomorrow. You got an opportunity to get your entry fee reimbursed. Yeah. Free entry. <laughs> Free entry. Free entry. That's right. Come on, Jay. We're going to do a drawing Saturday morning for those folks. One angler is going to get their entry fee reimbursed. One team for the Clash of Clubs is going to get their entry fees reimbursed. Going to be a good time gonna be a good time also huge shout out to yak gadget if you guys aren't following what those guys are doing and putting out for your kayaks you're losing out i'm sure we'll talk about that tonight as we just spent some time with our guest mr john graves down at dale hollow lake for the yak gadget protein meetup um doing some cool stuff dropping all these links into the chat for you guys 
And uh, last but not least, the 153 Anglers coming through, man. Custom painted hard baits. They got some plastics, all kinds of juicy stuff. Um, all these companies will be represented down at Dale Hollow. I know the 153 guys are going to be there. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. They're going to be in the house. So if you guys want to get your hands on uh, some some of those products, they will be there. And uh, Richard DeVries in the house, the man from Eastport Marina himself, said he received four nice shirts from Tacticam to give away. Wow. What's up? Nice. What's up? I like it. I like it. Shout out to Wendy at Eastport because we always forget her. And she's the boss. She's the <laughs> she real boss. The boss gonna make up brownie points otherwise we're gonna be sleeping on the dock <laughs> but uh we'll we'll talk about the open in the trail series because i know john's coming down there let's get uh let's get mr crankbait johnny in the house mr john graves aka the stetson hat fisherman the king of bucket hats not bucket mouse <laughs> i love it i'm debating whether or not in the tack room as i'm straightening things up here to get comfortable with you guys to kick back and talking about this exciting weekend coming up uh next weekend i'm debating whether or not i should have taken the cat's litter box out because if the cat goes to scratch and it shuts it down <laughs> So if you if I if I all of a sudden jet left, I'm grabbing the litter box and putting it out because <laughs> I don't want that. But I'm we excited. Under we understand, man. Well, we're excited to have you here, brother. It's uh, it's been a hot minute since you've been on uh, on the good old paddle and fin podcast, man. It's a bit a long time, and it's amazing what you guys have really done with it since then. Thanks, I mean, man. Just absolutely just grown just exponentially. And it's, it's, you know, I was looking forward to that. I'm telling you what, I was looking forward to that when you guys get down there at ICAST and putting a booth up because somebody's going to do it and there's nobody else out there. Shh, That's John. that. There's nobody else better than you guys. John, you can't give away our secrets, John. We appreciate no, that. Hey, I'm telling this you what, here's, 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 here, here it is. Nobody works as hard as you guys. You know it takes dedication <laughs> to do that. Everybody else is a bunch of lazy asses. So, <laughs> I know what it takes, and that's the big time. And I, I can't wait. You guys are just, it's amazing. So I, I'm absolutely humbled to be a guest here on that one. Well, you can't underestimate yourself, man, because you have a podcast yourself. If you guys don't follow John Graves Kayak Fishing, John, John puts out quite a few episodes. And... Uh, it, it, I, I love listening to you, man. You, you, you tell a good story and, and that's, I think the best way to, to, uh, put it is you're just an awesome storyteller. I appreciate that. My, uh, my mom always said that I had a unique talent to sit in my room for hours and talk to myself. <laughs> I'm not sure what that meant. And, uh, <laughs> but, um, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, in the early days, um, you know, when I was invited to join you guys and Brad the Sticks and and uh, join on with that, uh, you know, immediately, to be really honest with you, immediately I felt your energy and everybody's just how how fast you guys were going to be going with this whole podcast thing. 
And I knew that I would probably be more of like just a, uh, an anchor. I don't know because, about that. Well, I, I do. My, my speed's a little bit more like, um, like the news of Lake Wobegon. <laughs> I don't know what that is, John. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone But it sounds that. interesting. I may be aging myself, but, you know, it's more like a Prairie's Home Companion kind of thing. And I'm really kind of, to be honest with you, I'm lazy about looking up things. I'm lazy about, uh, that's that's really what I'm looking forward to this year. I, I've always been a hindrance to myself by not investigating these bodies of waters that I'm going to. I'm just excited to go on a trip. But yeah, now man. I've really got to start shifting gears and looking at the detail like everybody else is. That's hitting the top 10, you know? Yeah, and, right uh, I, I want to drive home with a big fat check one of these days. So, hey, um, I, this hey, I called this it out. Th- I called it out today, man. I think you're going to be driving home with one next weekend. I think so, too. <laughs> I appreciate it. Just make sure that nobody make sure that nobody's around me for like three quarters of a mile and it'll be probably okay. <laughs> but you know, it was one of those freak things. And you guys are talking about something that that just has never happened to me ever. I've been fishing for a long time, most of my life, but seriously about five years out of a kayak. And what happened to me down at Dale Hollow a few weeks ago have has never happened to me before in my life maybe it's the cowboy hat the (laughs) first time that i wore the damn thing i just thought why not we were in the hollers of tennessee i was feeling good i was with my uh my uh riding buddies down there with yak gadget it was you know it's really surprised me that you guys were actually kind of there connected to it like you are and i kind of put two and two together you know, real quick again, I'm kind of a dummy with those things, but there you were. And man, it was just so awesome to get out on the Obi. And I had never been down there before. And I thought it'd be apropos to put the hat on. And man, I had just, I don't know what was happening. Just well, I every think time I tossed that stick out there. I was getting a bite. Yeah, man, it was great. I, I remember a bunch of us were sorting tackle re-rigging rods and stuff like that up at the house and you had went down to the water early and when we finally made it down to the ramp i was like who's in the kayak with the big cowboy hat and i forget who it was and it was uh they were like that's johnny yeah. he said that was his good luck hat he was gonna throw it on and get out there and crush some fish and lo and behold you were, we asked you how you were doing and you you had caught quite a few man man it was it was unbelievable. You know, those bucks, man, those little bucks are just, they were running those banks hard, man. Yeah. And, and so, you know, it's, 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 it's again, next week, you know how it is. It, it can change in a half a day. So next week it could be totally different. And they wouldn't, wouldn't even look at what I was tossing out at them. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, uh, it's just one of those things, but man, what a beautiful place. <clears throat> I'm excited to get down there to, uh, fish with you guys and richard what a host yeah man what an amazing host they are yeah absolutely and i just dropped their uh website address for the eastport marina down in the chat guys telling you go check it out even if you don't make it to the event this weekend it's someplace you got to visit man it's it's just super super magical down there i don't know what it is the folks are awesome the food is great and the fishing is even better 
Yeah, yeah, and I have to agree, man. They're there, it's very warm down there. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. get treated pretty well. Absolutely. You do. We were we were blessed to open up the restaurant. We were the first. That's right. That's we right. We cracked the eggs. It was awesome. If you if you if you play the 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 ring hook game, yeah, know, that's courtesy of myself. I got paid in Coronas, pretty rad. That was great. And try the Johnny Avocado. Yeah, yeah, I heard that was a smash. It, you know, you had it. I think the first time, and then it was like by Sunday when we were getting ready to leave, everybody was ordering the Johnny avocado toast. Yeah. <laughs> that is great, man. Two, two strips of bacon on just a, just a, just a magical little layer of, um, uh, Wendy, right. Was that her name? Uh, Wendy? Who's I the believe. Person? Come on, help me out. Who's the oh, man. restaurant? I'm horrible with names, man. Okay. Those beautiful women at the restaurant. That really just, <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So well, they just served us so well. And man, they just put that out on the, the menu for the first time. And it's just a nice layer of guacamole, the right amount of pepper and salt with some tomato mixed in there, some red onion. And then they put over just two nice uh, strips of bacon with an egg right on top of that bad boy. I wrapped it up and took it out on the kayak with me this the uh, second time around. Nice, Sean. Sean Brandon is her name. Sean, thank you. That was Richard saved our butts. Yeah, <laughs> I was waiting for him to, to jump in there. <laughs> hey, at you. least we didn't forget Wendy this time. We didn't forget Wendy, so we're good. <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah, Sean. And again, was, she was Sean in charge. Sean might burn our food next time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Intentionally. <laughs> Intentionally. <laughs> well, let's, uh, John, let's talk about your podcast, man, because, uh, you know, we touched on it a little bit, but um, for those that may not know, like, what what was the driving force? Why did you start your podcast and uh, kind of talk about what you talk about on there, man? Um, the podcast goes back to a wonderful evening that uh, myself and baby doll had down in Nashville, Tennessee. And we were in this chic hotel down there and uh, we were just kicked back in bed and I was starting to get into uh, searching for sponsors. Okay. Okay. I was thinking about, yeah, I'm in in bed in Nashville, Tennessee with a beautiful woman. (laughs) And I'm thinking about bass fishing. (laughs) So it was when it was when I first got the bug of kayak bass fishing so bad it hit me and you know how it is man you first yeah. signed for KBF and you join and and five years ago it was a little bit different than it is even now I mean it's 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 just this sport is changing so fast but the grassroots feel of it back then I was so attracted to especially with the southwestern Ohio fishermen and you know, uh, Kurt Schmidt's coming off his 2017 kayak bass fishing national championship. And we had just, we had sent, um, the Cincinnati kayak fishing crew, you know, strictly sail and their support here. So it was a really cool grassroots thing. And I come from like a mountain bike, ultra marathon running background. And I, my body was just saying, Bufangula, man, you can't do this stuff anymore. You got to find something different. So I had, uh, co-angled on the back of a boat uh a nice skeeter bass boat beautiful fifty sixty thousand dollar bass boat lane bull construction 
did that a number of tournaments and absolutely got the bug for fishing. Nice. Then I started looking at the cost of bass boats because I am that type of guy who's very individual. I want to be out there by myself doing my own thing. I, I feel comfortable being by myself. And so I started looking at the price of bass boats. And then that was two weeks of just like, what in the hell? You're, you're like, what can I sell? Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, the horses. I'm starting to look at horses and baby dolls going, you ain't selling. Oh. And I'm like, oh, my God, how do we get this? Because now, well, you know, maybe you just get, you know, get one that's maybe $10,000. And I'm going, oh, man. Oh, you yeah, know? dude. I've been out on these nice skeeter bass boats and this guy changed skeeter bass boats every six months and just got better and better and better so to go i was going man i don't know and so i just kind of pissed and moaned about it for a couple weeks well she finally said why don't you just google bicycle power kayak and shut the you know what up (laughs) (laughs) and i thought you're really funny and right there i just googled bicycle power kayak Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. And it literally just changed my life. I, I saw the Wilderness System 135 for the first time. I'm like, whoa, they actually make bicycle power kayaks. <laughs> so that got me into research of KBF and signing up. So boom, fast forward, we're in Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm going on to that national pro staff um, type of a website. And I just, you know, you pay your admission 25 bucks. You sign up for some pro staff team. And uh, they like you or not, usually based on your social media stuff. I've always been with my music, somewhat of a social media, you know, even though I'm 50, so I'll be 58 years old this year. But social media is not, you know, it, it doesn't scare me too bad. I'm pretty comfortable <laughs> with it. Too bad. You know? He's like, I can, I can, I can figure it out. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, so I'm pretty comfortable with it. So uh, um, I landed the American Tackle Pro Staff, uh, you know, card. And uh, I felt great. Got a great deal on some American Tackle stuff that introduced me to sort of the, you know, to be honest with you, I think if there were honky-tonk angels in the form of uh, anglers uh, that, looked out over all of us and led us down a path where things just became sort of like that Forrest Gump moment. Sure. Um, it would be definitely them leading me into meeting the folks at American Tackle down in Florida and Austin Todd. So we built up a great relationship. They saw what I was doing on social media. Uh, and within a year, they were inviting me down to ICAST, which is to me, I thought, wow, this is like the golden ticket to the center of the universe when it comes to fishing. Sure. Uh, I went down there, saw that, and uh, that blew my mind. But it also opened up my mind how little um, little there are in folks like us. 
or even there were at that time. There were very few social media people that were walking around doing live Facebook stuff at iCast and doing uh, episodes of uh, on podcast. So I thought there, bam, back in Nashville, Tennessee, in that bed hanging out with baby doll, just chilling in some chic hotel. I thought I'm going to start a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And then it was born. And it was born, yeah. I I started first started on, um, gosh, there was a, uh, I can't even think of it now. It's kind of like, I I think they don't even longer have a uh, support for their podcast. But then I switched over to Anchor. And uh, I've been with Anchor for three years now in like 83 or 84 episodes, which kind of blew my mind when I counted them up the other day. I don't really pay attention too much to analytics, but maybe I should. But uh, I just have a good time and my my content is me most of the time just trying to figure out what kayak bass fishing is for me and how to get through it and the mistakes I made and some stories along the way. And, um, again, if you, if, if some of your listeners are familiar with, uh, uh, Garrison Keeler and news of Lake Wobegon, it may be a little bit more like that. You know, the Prairie home companion, you know, you never know what you're going to get. You get a lot of great, fantastic, uh, background sounds with the live animals, which yeah, yeah. pretty timely. And uh, I'll often I'll go up to the pond. I have a pond right here in front of the, the barn. That's probably the best bass fishing in southwestern Ohio. And <laughs> I can go up there and catch them on Sour Patch Kids. So it's a lot of fun <laughs> to go up there and, you know, do a do a podcast up there because the geese and the birds and, and the, the wildlife kind of play a part in there. So it's a lot more, you know, mellow. I think I don't do a lot of interviews. I, I, I feel comfortable doing interviews with people coming over here and us sitting down and chatting. And that's a lot of fun. You know, Kurt's been here a couple of times and we've had a couple other uh, guests. Yeah, man. It's, uh, you know, I think the, the last episode I caught of yours was, uh, I think it was for Kurt Smith's birthday. (laughs) And, uh, you know, and that's the thing, right? Like I listen to that and it's just, it's just you having fun and you're super genuine and, uh, you know, nothing's forced and, um, you know, definitely like throughout your episodes, you're kind of, like you said, trying to figure out what kayak bass fishing is for you and, um, you know, kind of talking to yourself through situations, you know, I saw, I, I wanted to listen to it today, but I drove the wrong vehicle. So I didn't have like, my earbuds and I couldn't listen to it, but you know, it was, uh, you were talking about weights, pegged weights or something for your, your, your worm or something. That's all I read was the title. And I was like, Oh, I got to listen to this. Cause I know that's one of the things he's been smashing some fish on, man, which is cool. Yeah. You know, that was a, you know, simple Texas rig, probably the best thing my dad mm-hmm. ever taught me. Yeah. How to, how to, you know, I've been taught, you know, tossing a Texas rig since I was a kid, you know, so um, I, you know, that, and that's what I started out with fishing. That's all I started with the kayak bass fishing was just throwing a Texas rig. So it's no secret to everybody down there. That's, that's what I was tossing into. Everything was the Texas rig down there. That's just a dynamic lure all around. And, you know, mm-hmm. Dale Hollow's got set that rocky bottom. You put a tungsten on the front of that, man, it's, it's like Morse code. Yeah. You know, you know what's going on. 
Oh, I love it. Gives me cold chills thinking about it. <laughs> I love it. And when you finally figure that out, which is part of what John Graves kayak fishing is kind of, is that I think there was an episode when I like figured out there's a difference between lead and tungsten. You know, yeah, there, big there, difference. there okay. is definitely for sure. Um, I didn't know it's interesting like how much uh folks kind of like look over the difference of that and and the different effects it can have it's like um it's like one of those improvements for uh coming from an old bicycle racing kind of uh thing it's you can't comprehend spending 349 dollars for a bicycle seat mm-hmm. until you sit on it and you use it and then you're like oh man you know there's a big difference in that seat you know <laughs> it's that it's funny nice. you say that like it's going to be comfortable and that's not the case at all it's just more ergonomic <laughs> and your chotis is used to sitting on that thing so and i can tell you because i mean when i was racing mountain bikes you know i was you know you couldn't even feel it now i get on a bike i'm like oh my god oh. how did that how did I ever get used to this? <laughs> it <laughs> took know? miles, didn't it? It took miles. Do it, yeah. I mean, before you're just like, eh, you know, I'm that in the gel pants, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, tell tell me you ain't rocking gel pants. I mean, don't lie to me. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, I haven't been on a bike in so long, and I'm and, and as many miles as I've ridden in my life, I spent. 11 years as a bicycle messenger downtown Cincinnati. Mm. One of the most fabulous times of my life. Um, got to know everybody. I mean, it's the guy that lived underneath the bridge on Third Street to the president of Procter & Gamble. And I mean, it was just a really neat. It was a neat way to learn how to sneak in the back door. <laughs> <laughs> and let's face it, that today. we're all looking for that. <laughs> <laughs> that's how i got in the hodgepodge lodge down there yeah. <laughs> snuck right in the back door <laughs> that was fun give a big shout out to john you know yeah man wow. what a great time that was. yeah absolutely absolutely well speaking of your we talked the one night we were down there man and you rode your bicycle from what was it ohio to florida one time I did. Yes. I God. He's like, yeah, I did. Yeah. It's like it's a little thing. Wasn't the wisest thing. But uh I uh again I spent a lot of time racing and doing a lot of I, I never was really fast, but I could go all day. Endurance. Long. Yeah. I had great endurance and great even better recovery. So that was kind of my talent in the ultra marathon running. Then I got into cycling. And, uh, I, you know, I'm that personality that's uh, odd enough to be able to just kind of vanish off into God's country for a month or so and come back with a big beard and maybe a Jeremiah Johnson, you know, bear outfit for a <laughs> coat or something. You know, I'm, I'm really comfortable living outdoors by myself, being out there by myself. So... A uh, long story short, I had met a gentleman uh, by the name of Frank Osgood Butler, who is uh, uh, a big name in Chicago, uh, Butler uh, Golf Course up there, uh, Oak Brook Hills, or Oak Brook, uh, Chicago, 
uh, area was developed by the Butler family and stuff like that. But anyway, I met Frank down in uh, Palm Springs, uh, Florida, and uh, I had or uh, Palm Beach, Florida, and uh, I had met him down there repossessing a car. Okay, <laughs> not your car though, background. right? No. Yeah. <laughs> so I re I got the car, repossessed the car. I got back. This guy had given me a ride down to Hollywood, Florida, a little bit closer to, uh, to Boca Raton where I was going to pick this car up. Anyway, I got back to, uh, uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, and, uh, he was having a big birthday party that he invited me to down in Florida. I'm thinking, you know, this guy lives on 14 golf view drive. I mean, Donald <laughs> Trump lives right down the street and, uh, you know, he's invited me to his birthday party. I need to go to this birthday party. <laughs> well, the Camaro that I had at the time, I didn't even trust to get past Lexington, to be honest <laughs> with you. But I really wanted to go to this birthday party. Well, in the back of my mind, I had a multi-day, multi-evening uh, trip conjured up. I always thought that I would want to take one. Now, I had taken three-day bicycle event type races before but nothing solo and nothing as long as 11 to 15 days that it would take me to get down there uh and this is before gps you know and this is before phones and this is before you know it's lights out yeah <laughs> and, and jellico mountains brother so. is this like in the 80s this was yeah <laughs> this, is, this is 19 uh nine uh 1989 see okay all right so i had taken you know we had grant ran mcnally's you know yeah I for sure trip away and get a trip trip kick of uh route all the way down 25 along 75 yeah so no, basically no. that's the route i took i was solo had everything there i didn't quite learn about the jellico mountains in school <laughs> and they were they were the first to enlighten me of uh, a high altitude climbing because we don't do a lot of that here in southwestern Ohio. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the the Great Smoky Mountains, and then then it's <laughs> just a punch in the gut with the, <laughs> with the Cherokee Mountains, you know. So now you're at the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains, and I'm rolling good at this time. I get down to Atlanta, Georgia. Stayed with a friend of mine down there for a couple of days just to rehab and took off again. But this time I cut over a little bit more uh, to the coast. I wanted to ride the coastline down to Florida because I knew that Florida was going to be a multi-day event just in itself. It's a long, that's a long state, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so as I was working south uh, through uh, the state of Georgia, it was much Passing Atlanta, it was much easier for me to travel at night uh, rather than during the day. The daytime temperatures were getting up about 110 degrees. Oh, and uh, I was trying to put in about 150 to 170 miles a day. So it was better for me to start out about 8 o'clock at night and just travel throughout the whole night. The traffic was down. It was just me and the stars. And it was just awesome. The, the weather was really working with me in my favor. So I traveled uh, through southern Georgia, and uh, about this time, it's the whole trip really started to get a little bit fuzzy for me as far as the de details go, because I 
looking back now, I was suffering sort of a little kind of like a dehydration, a lot of, uh, a lot of, um, weird, uh, muscle spasm and ticks and stuff. <laughs> Honestly, if I had a support crew, they probably would have jerked me off of the road, but, <laughs> but I had my light rigged up as a six bolt lantern. And you know how those beams go, they just shoot straight out in the night and they're just really not broad at all. And again, this is the late eighties. So I had a six bolt battering down in my bottle cage with the water coming up from the drop tube into my six bolt lantern. And that was tied to the front of my arrow pro bars. <laughs> I'm going down like this, man. I got, I got some headphones in and I was listening on cassette on my Walkman. I just bought some new batteries back in Atlanta. And uh, I'm listening to my Walkman and I'm he I'm listening to the song Candio by the Cars. Nice. It's like two o'clock at night. It's quiet for miles. If you took the headphones off, it's just quiet. Dead silence. Spooky quiet. So I had the headphones on. So I'm cruising through this two lane road heading south. And I really can't even tell you where I was at this point in time on what road. But there were pine trees to the right, pine trees to the left for miles. And these were 30 foot pines, you know telephone poles basically that they're harvesting down through there. Right. And, uh, bam, something hit my right calf. Felt like a cigarette lighter or something or branding iron just hit me right in the back of the calf. Jaguar. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what it was. My reflexes jerked me up off the bike. My foot came out of, the, I had those, uh, I had some clips, clips yeah, yeah. on, you know, Pull me up out of there. I wrecked, did an endo in the ditch, nice. and the light was out. Headphones come off. You can still hear the cars going on. Candio, I need you. <laughs> <laughs> I reach down and I feel this just, man, burning on my calf, and I, I couldn't see what it was. I grabbed the, a little light that I had out of my pack and I put it back there, and my back of my calf was just split wide open. Oh, wow. And it was, it was burning pretty bad. And uh, I started to freak out uh, a little bit. Rightfully uh, so. I thought, I thought at first it was a snake. All I could think it was a damn snake. So I wanted to get up out of the ditch, got up out of the ditch. I got up on the road and then I just felt this like, you know what? You need to get the hell out of Dodge <clears throat> right now. Right. And so I got back up on the bike, no lights. I took off. There was enough moonlight. I could see the road and I rode for probably about five or six miles. And then I wrecked again in the ditch. Started oh, to get a little heavy, like a little lightheaded. How's your rim <laughs> at this point? What's that? How's your rims at this point? The rims? Yeah. And you're you like, know, you're doing endos and crashing into stuff. <laughs> Man, I had these old ambrosias, these, these, uh, the early arrow rims and mm -hmm. they were not the lightest thing, but I also had them with some continental tires and maybe okay. that's where I was bulletproof, man. You know, they were just I, amazing rims. I don't even know if they make them anymore, but I do another wipeout. And this time I knew something was going down. Like I was losing some blood and I had no idea where I was. It was, I was in the middle of nowhere and boys at that time, it was really in all of my life. I thought 
this is might be it. Whatever the hell just happened to me, I'm going to bleed out right here. So I grabbed my little first aid <clears throat> kit here. I will suggest this right now since we are uh, somewhat of a yak, uh, kayak, bass fishing kind of thing. You know, first aid kits are important. Oh, yeah. You know, very important. And having one on your kayak is important, man. Just, you know, I can't stress that enough. But having the kayak or the uh, first aid kit available when you need it and not buried. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so I have my I have my first aid kit buried down to underneath all my stuff. So I bled all over everything, pulling it out. Finally had a tourniquet, put a tourniquet on, which was a sock. Big white oh, juice sock. I pulled this and put a tourniquet on to try to stop the bleeding a little bit. Wrapped it up with some gauze as much as I could. In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in. Grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. Visit tecovas.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and don't go gently, y'all. I climbed up in the 400 meters up in those pines, dragged my bike up there. I pulled a bivy sick out with my sleeping bag, and I really spoke to Jesus probably for the first time in my life, like really hard. And I said, Jesus... Please, if if I go down tonight, let me do it in my sleep. Let it be here where a place that folks can find me. Don't let it be out there on the road or someone then find me, put them in the back of a trunk and drag me into some barn down in Georgia someplace and make a freaking lampshade out of my ass. <laughs> We had some serious talks and he was, you know, and so, boom, I ate, I was compelled to eat everything I had. And so I ate all this food, boom, 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 drank as much. I had all my Gatorade, a very nice person stopped earlier before and gave me two big bottles of Gatorade, sucked that down. I fell asleep, woke up to a logging truck a couple hours later, made it to a hospital, long story short doctor uh putting stitches in my leg said son you've been shot no and, uh, i would Jesus. suggest <laughs> i was like hello uh, he said did you hear it and i said no i had my headphones on but boy i felt it he said uh where was you at and i described him the same story basically as i told you guys and he said man there's some bad folks out here and he said they will straight up shoot anybody and at anybody, especially if they think you're law enforcement. I started thinking about that six volt lantern and that searchlight beam I had going out in the middle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking somebody just probably shot at me, maybe thinking it was a car driving down there at night and just hit me (laughs) in the leg. So the doctor suggested that I get on the nearest Greyhound and ride back to Cincinnati because I had another 180 miles of that kind of stuff to ride through. And I went out to the huddle house and I sat down, had a big ass breakfast at the huddle house. Mm-hmm. And I thought there ain't going to be no Yahoo in the state of Georgia. That's going to keep me from riding my bicycle. <laughs> 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 to this birthday party 
<laughs> what caliber did you get stung with? Uh, yeah, small caliber. You know, thank God. You like know, a twenty-two something or something. Like twenty-two. That's know? crazy, man. Man, that's um, nuts. It, yeah, yeah. It was like welcome, welcome. So, uh, <laughs> I made it to Florida, made it to Gainesville, and unfortunately, I didn't make it down the rest way. I just couldn't do it. Stitches were giving me a hard time. Things were getting a little infected. And uh, so my uh, friend from uh, from down there in uh, Palm Beach drove up six hours or so, picked me up, put my bicycle on the back of a put my bicycle on the back of a 1986 Silver Cloud Rolls Royce. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Can't make that up, man. Me bleeding all, <laughs> man. Riding. It was a great time. But anyway. Uh, that well, that was my bicycle trip down. I made it to Gainesville. That's that crazy, man. Officially say, but um, I don't think I'd do it again. <laughs> I, don't, I just never thought that would be the reason. Yeah, I thought he just had like a blowout on his calf or something. You know, yeah, where you right. Just expands so much it just splits the skin. You <laughs> well, know, there, there was an issue when I got when I got injured. The problem was there was so much there was so much blood. And the muscles were were expanded so much in my legs after eight days or so of oh, yeah. riding, uh, and a lot of mountains, man, that it kept splitting more and more the wound, and it was just it was by the time I got the Gainesville home of, you know, Southern rock and roll, I, I was like, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. That's insane. Yeah. Damn, Johnny, just when I think you can't get any more interesting for you, <laughs> I just hear another crazy story. Oh, we should talk about the Indians and <coughs> getting chased across the United States by Indians. Oh, no. See, well, he, see he, now he, we got to talk about Yeah, it. you'll lead us into something like that. It's pretty vague. I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll bite. That, that, yeah. And that turns into traveling into a, and that turns into traveling with cowboys around, around the country in a Dodge van. <laughs> they had windows though, right? <laughs> me and my dad, um, uh, when I was 10 years old, me and my dad drove out to Ventura, California, and uh, we were going to the National Rabbit Breeders Association Convention. There actually is such a thing. Of course. And, and uh, we were driving out to Ventura, California. And I asked my dad in the middle of Kansas, because I had never been outside of Indiana before. And I said, Dad, do you think that anybody would be able to run across the United States? And, you know, he, my nickname was Benny the Meatball. You know, so I was like <laughs> 20 pounds heavier than all my buddies. And he's like looking at me like he couldn't even believe his, you know, little chubby <laughs> son was even asking that question at 10 years old. My dad didn't answer me for a while, but then he looked at me and said, I guess somebody could if they wanted to bad enough <laughs> and that stuck with me my whole life so becoming an ultra into ultra marathon running running naturally that was always a goal of mine and in 1996 i got together with uh dennis banks the founder of the uh in american indian movement and his group the sacred run and uh we uh started in huntington beach california and ran basically 30 miles a day. We'd run four miles, uh, run four days, 30 miles a day, be off on that fifth day and start all over again, 120 miles straight and then stop again. But by the time we got to a place called Bovine, Texas, things were starting to heat up in this, this caravan politically. 
interestingly enough. And it was the first time that I had ever experienced any really Native American um, relationship with me as a white guy from sure. Cincinnati, Ohio. And uh, in the beginning, we had the running, which uh, we all looked at as a spiritual running. And I think I reflect back on my life and think that's the only thing, you know, if I could see my cross country runner slash career counselor right now, I'd look at him and go, dude, there ain't no money in cross country. Would <laughs> <laughs> shove me into golf or something like that. It's just a journey. Yeah. I got a buckle and a couple of trophies, you know, but my whole life committed to that sport. Uh, I look at it as a spiritual, that's my reward. Same thing I get out of the kayak bass fishing, how that's just transferred. And that's, I guess if you really want to know who I am, that's what I really get out of kayak bass fishing. It has nothing to do with competition. It has nothing to do with winning anything. I do like killing the raffles though. Um, but it has nothing to do with that other than the companionship and a spiritual journey that I'm taking through and just transferring from my running uh, into the, uh, the kayak bass fishing. But that's what we all uh, as runners on this sacred run had in common. We were spiritual runners, but boy, boy, the time we got to Texas, things were heating up, brother. <laughs> oh, man. man. That's a, that's kind of another story. And <laughs> that's <laughs> crazy. I'm like envisioning, like just hearing, you know, while he's running. Yeah. He was like, Whoa, like what's going what on that? here, man? <laughs> well, I had made it. To, uh, I had made it from Huntington beach, California. Of course, my goal was to make it all the way to Savannah, Georgia, but I had made it from Huntington beach, California, 1400 and some miles to bovine, Texas, which is awful. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my God. So Bovine, Texas, and God bless the kids that go to Bovine County High School. Jesus. But you know what? <laughs> At Bovine County High School, every day they have steak and potatoes. No. Lunch. Every day. So it's 30 miles of nothing but bovine. Hundreds of thousands of head of cattle being sprayed. With just big things of water because it's 115 degrees outside. So it was really an app. It was an appropriate place for me to like in that Forrest Gump moment to stop and just go, I ain't running anymore. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> oh, man. That's crazy. Wild. Wild. That's cool, man. You've had some. Uh... Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, my my little treks have not been to that length, but I've been on some pretty good, you know, some pretty good ones too. But you know, it's kind of it's cool to be able to reflect on those, you know, like those experiences, those challenges you put yourself through just just because, you know, it's like, well, you know, I'm gonna do this, yeah. and we're just gonna go this far, and we're gonna see maybe if I can take a little further. That's cool, yeah. man. Yeah, and um, and. It was shortly after that that I found myself, but you know, because 
even though I have to say, look, John, man, dude, 1400 miles you ran and that's an accomplishment. You have to think of it like that. But in the back of my mind, it's always been sort of like <clears throat> that thing that, damn it, I didn't complete. Mm-hmm. And so it was always there in the back of my mind and kind of, and still is to this day to a certain degree. So we'll get a little salty about it sometimes, you know, sure. <laughs> stuff like that. But, but, um, it led to me crying in my beer in a place called Coyotes, a little honky tonk down the street in Kentucky. And uh, I looked up, this was 1997, and I looked up on the widescreen there, and there was some cowboy in some freaking long, goofy looking black trench coat. And he was singing something about the lights on the freaking driveway. And I was like, what in the hell is that? <laughs> I'm like, that has that ain't George Jones, that ain't Merle Haggard. And I'm looking at the kid next to me. I'm saying, man, who, who what is that? Is this country music? Because I really don't pay attention to that stuff too much. I like my old honky tonk, you know. You bring out Merle Travis and you bring out old Ray Price and you bring out Buck Owens and George Jones, Merle Haggard, you know, throw in some Willie and Whale and that kind of stuff, you know. And uh, I'm thinking, what in the hell's happening to Tennessee and Nashville? <laughs> that is just god awful. So I got about four beers into it, maybe seven. And <laughs> I decided that I was going to take this uh, somewhat uh, Millennium Falcon looking support band that I had from this uh, Wild Buffalo Bill Indian show that I traveled with across the United States running with. And I thought that I'd use it. Let's go down Nashville, Tennessee. Never been there. So let's go down there and see what's in Nashville, Tennessee. So uh, that weekend, I had a couple hundred bucks in my pocket. And a buddy loaned me a guitar. And I never played guitar. But I've been in music. I sang and I played drums. But I never played guitar. And uh, before I went down there that weekend, that Thursday, he showed me a couple chords, uh, G and and D. Okay. But if you know G and D, you kind of know like, you know every you know, song you know a few yeah you, know, you just got to remember the words you know right so uh how hard can it be g d g i just play with a little bit so i traveled down to nashville tennessee that weekend in my van and at that time in 1997 nashville was on the verge of crashing you know, the op- Grand Ole Opry had moved out of town. Everybody moved out of town. Lower Broadway was just falling in despair. There were storefronts that were empty. Ernest Tubbs Record Shop was there. Tootsie's was there. Roberts was there. Legends Corner was there. But that was it. You know, Bluegrass Inn was there. But that was that was it. Perfect for me to go into town, right? So I run into town and I'm checking it out and I see this guy in the corner. He's got his guitar up and he's playing some stuff, but this dude's like three sheets in the wind, but he's got like, he's got some coinage in his, his case. I'm going, I can do that. <laughs> so I went back up to the van and I played GD a little bit, tried to get E and A down a little bit, you know, break it up some, you know, uh, change the mood, you know, this mood changer there. And uh, carried my guitar case back to Lower Broadway, picked me a little spot down there by Ernest Tubbs Record Shop, set out the, the guitar case, and uh, just started playing, smiling. Howdy! You know, welcome to Lower Broadway, everybody. Welcome to Nashville, Tennessee. 
The only shooting stick with one-handed trigger pull adjustments has a new way to keep you at the top of your game. The Trigger Stick Apex. Built for sturdy support that adapts to unforgiving terrain with easy adjustments to make your big shots. With our Durasteady three-piece carbon leg design and interchangeable rock-solid clamp, nothing tops the Apex. The Trigger Stick Apex, only from Primo's. How you doing? That's all I did, played G&D. People were kind of relating to it, but nobody was giving me any money, and I thought, dude, I suck. That guy over there, that guy over there drinking is a lot better than I am, and he's crushing. I don't, and this was like an hour or two hours into it. I look up, and there's this little Japanese boy sitting there. He's got a dollar in his hand, and I'm like, it just kind of blew me away. One, there's a little Japanese kid in front of me and he's got a dollar in his hand. I'm thinking, wow. He puts the dollar in my case and he walks over and there's this cute little Japanese mom over there and they kind of bow a little bit. I'm kind of going to get up and bow a little bit and look back at him. You know, I'm kind of blown away, man. There's a dollar in my freaking case. And I started playing. Gee, man, I was playing it all as much as I could, man. I'm just saying hi to everybody and like magic. And there's this, there's a reason why. But like magic, people just started throwing money in my case. It was blowing me away. <laughs> so people, people are like cows. <laughs> you know, somebody just kind of does one thing and everybody just kind of does the same thing, you know. So an old blues man later on in my tributorial adventures on street corners playing guitar as I went on with that career, uh, of old blues man said, man, you got to prime the pump. <laughs> you got yeah. The pump. yeah and so that's what it was and i still got that dollar today as a matter of fact but well that's cool I, that's awesome i got a I got a job as a road manager for a group called the derailers out of austin texas which is kind of funny because i was sleeping in the van and the best place to sleep was on music row because it was quiet birds Birds sing 24 hours a day on Music Row, 16th, 17th Street, down there in Nashville. And that's where all the deals go down. And if a uh, if a police officer cruises by and they see some, some poor, desperate bastard in a van with a cowboy hat and a guitar case, they just think, oh, man, you know, this guy's down here recording or something, you know, chasing one of his dreams, man, you know. Let him go. And they leave you. They really kind of watch you out for you really good. And there's a low crime area right through there, you know. So it was a nice place. I rolled out of the van one morning, man, stretching. Oh, my God, yo. And I look up on the porch, and there's this dude sitting there. And he's, like, picking his, his paper up off the porch. And he's in his robe. It's early in the morning. And we start talking. He asked what I was doing down there. And I told him I was just kind of checking out the music business. And he says, uh, you live in that van? <laughs> I, I said, I do. He said, man, come upstairs. I got something to show you. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That, that's one of those forks in the road that we <laughs> yeah. all come to sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, I am kind of down and out. <laughs> Let's let's see yeah. what this couch looks like. <laughs> yeah, we can call it that. <laughs> so uh, we go up in this skank little apartment this guy had, and he had stacks of CDs, and he had a couple gold records up on his wall and stuff like that. But he he says, "Do you like 
like country music? And I said, hell yeah, I like country music. I like both kinds, you know, country, western. I love it, but, you know, give it to me. He says, you like old stuff? I said, yeah. He says, I got this band out of Austin, Texas that I've just picked up, and they're getting ready to tour. I said, okay. He says, I'm looking for a road manager. I said, okay. He put this music on, and it was from the Jack, it's Jackpot album from the Derailers, and I encourage everybody, all your listeners, to check out the Derailers out of Austin, Texas, especially some of their older stuff like Jackpot and Reverb Deluxe. It's monumental. Uh, I got the job for this group. Long story short, because this is a whole other podcast too. They signed to Sire Records by by Seymour Stein, the same guy that signed Madonna, uh, the, the uh, Pretenders, U2. This guy fell in love with the derailers. And I'm telling you right now that if all things would have panned out, the derailers were destined to change the course of country music because it was really cookie cutter back then. You know, it was just a lot of big hats. Yeah. And just big, heavy voices. And there was no, (laughs) the Mavericks were cutting edge. Dwight Yoakam was cutting edge, but the derailers were right there on it. And their release date was on 9-11. Oh. Sire Records. And unfortunately, 9-11 changed a lot of things. And we started playing out of Nashville, Tennessee, a lot of American-themed patriotic songs. And the derailers were just kind of, in a sense, kind of forgot about in a way after that but they're still down in nashville Tennessee, or in austin texas they're playing the group is a little bit different now but i spent forty-eight thousand miles on the road with those guys 11 days into that tour i was on i was i (laughs) i was on stage with buck owens dwight yoga (laughs) marty stewart jim lauderdale and the whole he all gang at buck's 63rd birthday party in bakersfield california i was blown away that's crazy Man, Man, Johnny, (laughs) you've lived lived a crazy, crazy life, man. And now I'm hanging with you cats, man. Dude, I could sit here and listen to you tell stories like for for days, for days. That's the thing, man. That just uh, like I like I started this, you know, you're just a phenomenal, phenomenal storyteller, dude. And uh, it's it's cool to hear about all these things, man. It's. those things that should never be forgotten or lost. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's awesome. awesome. And we all got, and we all have great stories. You know, we may not have that ability to tell them, but I, I think what I really like to hone in on, and I think it's been working so far, uh, is that inviting people here at the ranch to sit in the tack room. And, uh, because this place has, uh, the ability to just ha- relax and have people just sort of tell their, you know, tell a good story out of this room. And it, I don't know if it's the vibe. I don't know what it is. Uh, you know, my, the podcast is a little bit more kickback and uh, more like that. What's that, that, that TV series or whatever it is, the green fern, you know, where you just kind of are placed next to this. <laughs> Ugly oh, between the ferns? Yeah, between yeah. the ferns. With yeah. Zach Galifianakis? Yeah. Yeah. You just never know what you're going to be at. Love it. You know, so. yeah. but, but 
you know, everybody's got a story. Everybody's got a cool story, man. We got some yeah. great fishing stories to tell. We all have, uh, good ones to tell. And maybe that's what I really like to get out of all of this with everybody is not, not necessarily talk about the techniques and what's happening and who's on top of what, but to tell stories, you know, and Absolutely. get back to that. And, and if there's anybody from Bassmasters listening out there, I might, I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to throw my hat in. <laughs> you, I, I think having someone on stage that's very familiar with kayak bass fishing, the rules and regulations, and more importantly, the people within it yeah, would be a great representative between Bassmasters and this. Bassmasters, whether we like it or not, has introduced this to hundreds of thousands of people. You know, we try our best to get out to a few thousand, 10,000 here, 20,000 there. But man, what's that hit that and legitimized it by getting cover of Bassmaster magazine? This sport is just going to go nuts. nuts. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's going to go nuts. And it's it because who does have $55,000 to put on a Skeeter boat? You know, not right. a lot of people unless you own yeah. a big construction company or, you know, that kind of thing. You know, and that's usually the cats that get into that's big money. But this really this this enables people to, you know, Joe Schmoes like me and you and just average schleps be able to get into a, a, a kayak and compete not only on a local level, but drive down to Dale Hollow next week and you're going to compete against AJ. <laughs> yeah. You know, AJ's world class, AJ's class, man. I mean, AJ's connection to the great Hobie Bass Open Series. It's going to yep. be a pleasure to get out there and fish with him. And then just everybody else that's going to show up at this thing. You just never know who it's going to be, man. We've got some world-class anglers. You don't get that opportunity yeah, in such an immediate way with the FLW and the Elite yeah. Series, man, you got to grind that stuff out. But here with kayak bass fishing, lay the money down, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this, this is like Dodge City. Bring it on, man. If you, you want to compete, bring your horse into town, lay 250 bucks down on the table, and let's get it on. Well, I, I like that. that. Heck yeah, man. <laughs> Heck yeah. Well, right on, brother. Well, we've uh, we've been chatting for an hour, man. So, uh, I'll uh, I'll give you the floor. Tell people where they can follow you. All that good stuff, man. And uh, and then we'll close this thing down, man. John Marion Graves on Facebook. So everybody just does Facebook. Look for me on John Marion Graves. If you go to John, just just Google search John Graves kayak fishing, and that will lead you to a multitude of different things that's probably easier for you to connect. I'm a lot of different podcast pat, uh, platforms. It's all John Graves kayak fishing and uh, please. Yeah. Join up the more the merry. I really appreciate you guys invite me uh, on board because I know you have a massive listening audience and are a lot of fun to listen to. And man, you guys are doing your, you guys are doing the right thing. So kudos to you too. Big shout out to American tackle. Down yeah, there man. in Florida. And a uh, big shout out to Hang Outdoors, uh, Kevin Frazier and his beautiful wife out there in Western Kentucky. Kevin Frazier, Hang Outdoors, check him out on uh, Facebook. And then big shout out to Baby Doll, Lisa Spear, 
The dream home comes in many, many sizes. Call her up at 513-317-6004. If you're looking for a home here in southwestern Ohio, you know, right don't, get, don't get her driving all the way up to Dayton. And <laughs> I, I heard about the kind we got up there in Dayton. Yeah, like Brad Hicks, <laughs> Josh Eldridge. I mean, if you like those kind of folk. Yeah. <laughs> putting too many miles on the car. <laughs> Hey, thank you so much, everybody. I really appreciate it, man. No, thanks, John, for taking the time tonight, man. We appreciate you, and uh, we look forward to seeing you here in a few days, man. It's uh, yeah. it's always a blast to hang out and shoot the breeze and all that good stuff, man. So you guys going to talk about the details and all that stuff and uh, when and where, and because I'm still not familiar with everything that's happening. Yeah, so uh, April 9th, 10th, and 11th uh, uh, is the dates for the events. So 9th and 10th is the open. Uh, captain's meeting is the night before, Thursday evening, 6 p.m. at the barn at Eastport Marina. Uh, we've had a few guys and gals ask uh, about identifiers. You will get your identifier at the captain's meeting. If you can't make the captain's meeting or you're coming down Friday morning, we will have uh, some folks staged up around the lake to get your identifiers, uh, get your get your boards checked and all that good stuff. Uh, we will announce that in the captain's meeting Thursday night. We will put it on the Facebook page here. Um, you know, we'll have awards on uh, Saturday and the captain's meeting for the Clash of Clubs Saturday as well. And then Clash of Clubs on Sunday. So. So, um, you guys have a chance if you get signed up now till tomorrow at midnight, uh, for your chance to get your entry fees reimbursed. If not, it's a hundred dollars for the two day open $75 in angler for the clash of clubs. We got three kayaks being given away that weekend, yes, plus sir. a whole slew of prizes. Um, so yeah, get signed up. All the info is on tourney X. If you go to Tourney X, the Tourney site, scroll down until you see Paddle and Finn, click on it. Bam, it's right there. Um, if you guys have any questions uh, about the tournaments, feel free to reach out to us either on our Facebook page or you can email us at pnftrail at gmail.com. Get your lodging set up at Eastport Marina. They got food packages, all that good stuff. You can get the Johnny Avocado Toast Yummy. for your breakfast. <laughs> But uh, we look forward to seeing everybody down there. So our next show will actually be the captain's meeting next week. So uh, we look forward to uh, seeing you guys. And, you know, we're going to be live streaming these events. We'll have some folks out on the water chasing these guys around as they're catching fish. So it should be a good time. It's going to be great. That is a unique thing right there, man. So this is going to be a lot of fun. I think it's, it's a freaking bargain for a Yeah, man. Bucks. Yeah. Travel down there to, and I'm excited to see the barn and the venue and all that kind of right. stuff. But to have that live thing going on is cool. So, heck yeah, you know, man. If you're going to yeah. get your ass kicked, you might as well let the whole world watch. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. So, uh, Jay, anything else? Get signed up, everyone. That's all I got. <laughs> Jay, <laughs> always failing to come through. <laughs> Just ask my wife. What? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Those listening on the podcast, thank you very much. We'll drop a link to uh, John's podcast in the thank show you. notes if you're listening on the podcast. 
Um, if you're watching here on Facebook, we already dropped a link uh, to his podcast in the uh, comments down below. So, uh, John, hang tight for all you guys and gals out there. We'll see you next time. Tight lines, smooth paddle. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Fin. Don't forget to go check out our website at Paddle, the letter N, and Fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Fin. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at Paddle, the letter N, and Fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Fin on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler Button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at that Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.